You are listening to the Forfeit Fatherhood Podcast. And we're having conversations with dope dads covering the four pillars of fatherhood. We call it the Fit Fatherhood Formula. Faith, family, finance, and fitness. That's right. These dads are setting the pace in business and fatherhood. This show isn't only about the outside success. We're getting down to who you are. Gentlemen, it's time to get fit. And and, 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 and now, let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. All right. Welcome back to the Forfeit Fatherhood Podcast, a podcast for fathers by fathers, where we talk about the four pillars of fatherhood, which are faith, family, finance, and fitness. And today I have a guest with me, and I'm actually excited to have him on because he just he just recently wrote a book. Um, and he's he's gonna be a father pretty soon. So now we get again, we get to talk about like that pre-journey journey and what that's like. So I know some of us have been fathers for a while and we forget sometimes, but it's always good to go back and, and, and talk to guys who are who are just about to embark on a journey. My guest today is Zach Farmer. Zach, how you doing today, brother? Good, Rod. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Couldn't couldn't be a better day over here in Kentucky. So we're having a good one right here. <laughs> good, good, good. What's the weather like in Kentucky this time of year? Uh, this time of year, well, it's Kentucky. So today, as you can see, I've got some beautiful sunshine and it's not too cold, but Tomorrow it could be snowing. <laughs> it's it's yeah. wild out here. It's very different. Growing up in California, it's it's been an adjustment to live in Kentucky for the weather for sure. <laughs> so how long have you been in Kentucky? I got to Kentucky, I think about five or six years ago. I think I moved here around two thousand eight or two thousand seventeen, um, with the purpose of getting out of the California real estate world. Like I, I knew I wanted to own a house one day and I just I felt like if I wasn't gonna be in the movies then I was gonna gonna do it somewhere besides California so I can get a house. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh it's expensive to say the least. I mean you get what you pay for, but I feel like sometimes we're overpaying. So uh you know, we, there's other <laughs> there's other states where you can enjoy uh warm weather and uh you know, California is just a different animal, man. It is. But I do miss yeah. the weather, Rod. I miss it every. I miss it every day. <laughs> every day I miss seven p.m., seventy-eight degrees, walking outside. Yeah. Now I've got to sprint to my trash can when it's freezing, so I don't, so I don't have to get in full garment just to go outside. <laughs> hey, but that keeps you in shape, right? You get those extra sprints in. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I'll take what I have to. All right, man. So, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us some uh, some background on who who Zach Farmer is. Um, yeah, man, I, uh, I'm, I'm nobody too special, brother. I'm just a kid. I grew up in California, like I said, um, and uh, growing up there was fun, um, kind of played basketball in high school. Um, I was all right, you know, played on the team, had fun, did a good job, uh, got to college. Um, my dad actually asked me um, to go to college for one year. My dad was a Marine in Vietnam. And he kind of just really, really wanted me to go to college. He didn't want me to join the military. Um, so we made a deal. And it was, you know, if he helps me through my first year of college, helps me financially, um, and I still don't want to do it, then, you know, he, he gave me his blessing. So I did one year exactly in college, and then I took off, Rod. I, I um, didn't, it just wasn't for me. I kind of, you know, I have ADHD. It's hard for me to focus. And, you know, I grew up watching all those movies, The Mummy, and, you know, just all these action movies, and I just wanted to go and be be a soldier. I knew I wanted to do it when I was a little boy, plus we are our 
we are our father's sons, you know, so my dad was a Marine. That's all I wanted to do. I thought he was a hero. Uh, so I joined the Army. I was in the Army for about three years. And after that, I was a contractor for a pretty long time for the U.S. government um, and other entities. And then um, kind of looked over my wife one day and when we kind of first started and I knew that contracting wasn't a life that you could do if you wanted to have a family. And I knew I wanted to have a family. So I hung that up, um, started looking for work, um, found a job as the uh, director of security operations at Toyota. Um, and from there went as a COO of a private security company in San Francisco called ESP pros, a uh, great company. Um, but just kind of still wasn't scratching that itch of my purpose and what I wanted to do. Um, so, you know, I spoke to my wife and I told her, Hey, our finances might change a little bit and it's going to be a little different, but you know, you, do you support me leaving, leaving the security world as a whole and trying to get involved in something that mattered, um, for my soul, my faith, my, just my life. Um, she supported me, man. Um, and that brings me to the fatherhood initiative where I work now, um, where, I get to serve fathers every day um, of all walks of life. I'm working with the fathers who make six figures, who just lost track of time with their family, all the way to, you know, maybe you're re-entering out of the criminal system and you want to get your social security card back and you want to get an apartment. It, it doesn't matter where your walk is. Um, if you're a father, um, I'm, I'm here to help you in any capacity that you need. Awesome, man. Awesome. We need we need uh, brothers that are that are doing that work because uh, I know it's a lot of guys out here that are that are struggling, trying to do it on their own or trying to figure everything out on their own. And, uh, you know, there's definitely uh, something to say about about needing help uh, that we don't we as guys, we, we shoo away from getting help. And uh, but there are there are organizations like the one that you work for that that are out there to, to help guys. And, and I appreciate you. Uh, you know, stepping away from stepping away from your career to to take on some more fulfilling work. That's that's awesome, man. I want to I want to go back to to the first thing you said. One, you said you're, you're no one special. And that's not true. You definitely are. Um, you know, you you are a hero, still a hero. You're working with fathers. That's awesome. You you uh, you wrote a book, which I'm sure we're going to get into. Um, so nothing short of amazing in and of yourself. So you know, stop stop that negative commentary. Um, but I do want to ask you though, you said, you say your dad wanted you to go to college. Is there, is there a reason why he didn't want you to get into, into the military? Did he tell you? Yeah. When I was a young man, I think, um, my dad didn't share too much of his military experience except for the, the kid friendly parts, which of course that's what you would do. Um, and when I was younger around 18, um, I kind of was confused. Like I almost kind of was like, man, what a hypocrite. You went to the Marines. You look at you, you're doing good. Like you've shown me such a strong work ethic. You've been such a good father. Um, but he just really pushed for that college, man. He just didn't want me to go. Um, and as I got older, um, he shared more things with me. And I understood more that, you know, my father saw and did a lot of things. Um, and I just don't think he wanted that for his son. And I'm the same hypocrite now. Um, I, I love what I did. I'm proud of what I did, just like my father. Um, I got involved in some some pretty serious things. And some of those things were good. Some of those things were bad. But I, I know I would never want my child to do it. So I, I understand it. It's it's something that was difficult as a kid to understand because he had so much pride in the fact that he was a Marine. And the last thing he ever wanted me to do was join the military. And so as a young man, I didn't get it. But when I got older, I realized that he, he wanted me in a building going to work safely because I was his son. He wanted me not right. in an environment where I could get hurt or anything bad could happen to me. And so he, 
he pushed to the to the fact in which he um, at the time he had just kind of got his second bout with cancer, so um, we didn't have all that much money, and he he still was like, look, if if you go to college instead of joining the army, I'll, I'll pay for it. I'll find a way. Um, so he did, and he helped me through um, my community college first year, and um, after that, it was a wrap. I told him, I said, Dad, I love you, and I still want to go. So um, are you okay with that? And he said, yeah, he came with me to the recruiter's office. He, he helped me walk me through it. He made sure I didn't get, you know, in bad situations. Um, and he supported me like he promised, but it was a deal. You know, I gave him the year and then he gave me full support. All right, man. I will. I mean, you gave it the good old, what is it? A good old college try. Right. And so, so good you, college you, try. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not advocating for anti-college. College is a good, it's a good gig. It's, it, there's some people who need it. Some people who don't. Some people who it helps. You, you just got to do what's best for you. Man. You know, I'm not anti-college. It's, it's good to get your education. Yeah. 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 Um, what, what were you, if, if you had have stayed in college, what would you have majored in? Do you, did you, did you even get that far in the thought process? I did. If I was going to stay, um, cause I believe, you know, if I'm going to give it a try, you got to commit. So I, I did do the whole, the whole thing and picked my major. Um, I wanted to do psychology, um, actually, um, which I enjoyed, uh, psychology and sociology were, um, the two that I picked and I was going to pursue, um, which I guess wasn't really the try because I kind of knew that the only job for that afterwards would be a therapist or a professor. So, you know, yeah. um, but I was I was happy to do it. That's what interests me, still interests me today. And um, ended up getting an education in it through the military anyway, uh, helped me do a lot of my work. So it was good. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, psychology, it, believe it or not, I mean, as you're, you're going to be a dad soon, that's going to really come in handy, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like just understanding <laughs> understanding the thought process, the growth of, of a child, the, the, the transitions that they go through, the transitions that you go through, um, being able to kind of process that and, and be there and be effective. Um, you know, there's so many different things that we can take from our life to add to our, like our fatherhood, uh, gumbo, you know, like there's, there's so many different things we could throw into that. Um, and I think it's important that we, we reach out to other things that don't seem like they align. Like, Yes, there is a psych there's a psychological part of being a father. Like you definitely need to have that that skill set. There's also the physical part of being a father. There's the emotional part part of being a father. There's all these different things that go into it. Um and I don't think I think a lot of times we look at fatherhood as sort of, sort of one dimensional, right? We we kind of see what an example of a father is and we try to fit into that mold, but it's really so many different layers. There's so many different ways to father um, that you're going to go through. Like there's going to be periods of time where you have to be the, the tough, no nonsense father. And then there's some times where you're going to have to be the understanding and, you know, uh, emotionally sensitive father. Um, and, and having, having an understanding of psychology is I think for you going to be really, really cool. My wife is a therapist, so I, I have no choice. Um, <laughs> and and <laughs> honestly, I consider psychology too. my first couple of years, I was actually going to, I was going to school for, for pre pre-med. So I was like, do I want to be a doctor? Do I want to be a psychologist? I did not want to deal with people's problems emotionally. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go deal with people's problems and, you know, fix people as a doctor. And then I didn't do either one of those. So, <laughs> <laughs> so so, you know, it, it, it's all a part of the process, though. So I, I appreciate my experience in college as well. Um, and let me ask you, though, you, you wrote a book. 
Uh, and I, I'm, again, I'm going to, I want to talk to you about that, but it, matter of fact, let's, let's talk about the book. So you wrote a book. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. Um, I wrote a book, uh, just called super dad. Um, it's not a big involved autobiography by any means. Um, it was just a book, um, kind of a passion project. I wrote about my father, um, it kind of shows the impact that a father has on son and how that growth, um, kind of shapes you and how we as children always see our father. You know, I'm a 30 year old man. Um, and I think of my father every day, uh, before he passed, unfortunately, I, I called him every day. I called him about questions when I bought my first house because I had no idea what I was doing. I called him when I wanted to know if I was right or wrong because he would kept me balanced. Every time she'd say, son, I think you overreacted and handled that poorly. Or, you know, he'd say, I think you're right. Stick to your guns and do what you can. But um, the book was about him growing with me um, and it reflects him getting cancer in the book um, and passing away, but how to handle, you know, how to handle death positively. Um, it's a book for about second grade to, you know, eighth, eighth ninth grade, um, nothing graphic, just a kid's book that shows light pictures and how to, how to deal with a loss in a, in a positive way. When, when your father's gone, that it's, it's not all bad, you know, God, God, God has his ways and he has his reasons and death is, death is a hard thing, but, um, there's always something beautiful that can be had, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. That, you know, we, we uh, I've talked about this a couple of times before is like, we talk about fatherhood and we're trying to be the right father, trying to do all the right things, trying to have all the answers and, and all these different things. And, and, uh, it's, it's kind of a short-sighted view. If do, am I going to have the right answer at this moment? When the reality is, is that fatherhood is, is an eternity, right? You're a father forever. Like your dad is still your dad, no matter what. Um, and we don't really know if we're doing a good job or if we've done a good job until our child is at least an adult, right? Because as a kid, you're going to make kid mistakes. And so you can't really evaluate, am I doing a great job? I feel like I'm doing a good job. And I, I'll judge that on a day-to-day -day basis. But when my daughters are in their thirties, you know, if they're successful in doing things, quote unquote, the right way, then I'll have a better idea of the type of father I was or how good of a job I did. And I think the book and, and you having the 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 courage to write it i think is a testament to how good your father was for you or how impactful your father was for you because as a grown man you went back and wrote a children's book to tell other people about how good a father is right and that's the kind of thing that as a father you know if if you if we make it that far we make it all the way to the end where our children can can tell other people of how great we were and that's one of the reasons I want to be like a, a grandfather one, because I think it's cool to be a great grandfather and be like the old, you know, <laughs> patriarch of the family, right? Like, yeah. the old, you know, we go to grandpa's house <laughs> or great grandpa's house. Like, I think that's just a cool thing. Go old gray beard or whatever. And I, I just, you know, all I say is wisdom. <laughs> only, yeah. only smart things come out of my mouth. Um, but I, I want to be able to look back at my, my family tree or that lineage that comes behind me and be like, oh man, did a good job. Right. I think one of the worst things for me would be able would, would not be would be not seeing that. Right. Not being able to see how great they become or potentially could become or not to be able to be there to give them the advice I think they need or the advice that they maybe want. And uh, so I, I think, you know, that, again, your book is a testament to to what your father meant to you um, and the, the kind of job he did with you. Right. Especially called yeah. super dad. <laughs> yeah, he was 
it was great, man. My my father was a was a good man, very stoic. Um, he kind of just he was always there for me. He he made the right choices. Um, what I think is most important is he he supported me in every way that he could, and he also I gave he gave me lots of reality checks. Um, he gave me lots of understanding that sometimes you do your very very best and it doesn't work out, and that's okay too. He told me sometimes you'll give everything, you'll give your all. And it doesn't work out, but you have a father who loves you. You have close friends who love you. Um, he was just always there, man. And I think when you have that support system, it doesn't have to be financially based. It doesn't have to be some superpower. It, it's just your dad knowing that at least he will always be there for you. If at least your dad will always be there for you, you can you can run through a mountain. Yeah, yeah. Just that 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 extra layer of support that extra layer of, of somebody who believes in you, who is going to back you up, just gives you that additional confidence. Like they, one, they're building it in you already, but then two, you could take your confidence and when it's waning, you can, you can lean on their confidence in you and be like, you know, my dad said I could do this. I can get it done, you know? And even if I don't, like, he's already told me, like, sometimes you're going to, you're going to fail and that's okay. And so I know that I can charge forward regardless of what happens because I have that support. Like, I'm not going to go back and look at my dad. He's like, damn shame, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, yeah. hey, dust, dust yourself off, uh, you know, yeah. get back in the game. Let's, let's figure out a new strategy. Let's, let's attack this a different way. But, but you got it. I believe in you. Um, and I think that's one thing that all of us as fathers have to do a, a great job of is, is letting our children know that we have their back no matter what. I think a lot of times <clears throat> kids don't want to disappoint their fathers. Like they don't, they, we don't want to make our moms sad. We don't want to disappoint our fathers, right? Yeah. Like we, we put so much stock in who our father is and the type of man he is. And like you said, he's a superhero, right? And we never want to let us, we don't want to let Superman down. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. Like he's a, he's the pillar of everything we should be. And if we disappoint him, then we take that really hard. Um, but, but knowing that he's not going to maybe be disappointed he may not be happy with the way that things worked out for you, but he's going to support you no matter what um, I think is, is a comfort that every child deserves uh, because they're only going to get it from one place. Like there's only one man in the world that's going to treat you that way or feel that way about you. Everybody else in the world doesn't care. Right. Yeah. Or they do, but you know what I mean? Like they don't care the same way that your parents do. They aren't going no. to, like I like you say, support you in the way that your parents do. They're going to support you in the means of like, what have you done for me lately kind of support? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? I, I'll, I'll help you as long as you're helping me. Um, and your parents exactly. are not the same way. That's what we say all the time. You know, I, we, we say over at my office very often, there's a hole, the shape of a father in every child. And there's a hole, the shape of a child in, in every one of us, you know what I mean? And your dad is the only one who can fill that hole. Um, there is no way around it. Um, you, you will always, always want the support of your father, um, even if you're unfortunately not getting it. Um, and that, that creates a lot of problems in your life. So the support of a father um, is crucial. And this isn't uh, the idea that the mother isn't as valued. They, they are. The, the situation is, though, at the end of the day, especially for a young man, is that without your father, there's a lot of questions you've got to go to other people for. And sometimes those aren't the best choices. Sometimes they're great. They're football coaches. They're basketball coaches. They're good mentors. But if you find the wrong ones, it can be devastating. And that engaged father, that present father, he can stop a lot of those negative things from happening just by being there. 
Yeah. Yeah. 100%, man. 100%. And, and it's not about being there and being perfect, right? It's just, just being mm -hmm. there and being trans, not, not necessarily transparent, but being vulnerable. Like, you, okay, dad, you're not perfect. I get it. I'm not perfect either, but I just want to see your face. You know what I mean? When, it, when you aren't there as a father, there's no mirror for your son to look at, right? Like <clears throat> no matter how good or bad you're doing, they are going to look to you to give them an example. And if you aren't present or if you're not available, um, then like you said, they start asking other people, they start seeking out other things. They start getting drawn towards the things that they think are right. And as a kid, typically when you think something's right, it's not always right. Like you just don't have the experience to know any better. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, this just looks really cool. It's exciting. It looks like, okay, I'm going after that. And, you know, fast cars and girls and all those things, right. And they're fun for the meantime, but then we all learn as adults that maybe we could have made some better choices. And if had, we had some guidance, it would have made life a lot easier. Yep. A hundred percent. And you got to be honest with yourself. Like you said, the transparency of the father, I can say happily, you know, my dad was, was the best father. He was an amazing, amazing father. Made some mistakes as a husband, you know, him and my mother separated. He was the one that the reason they separated. And it's kind of one of those things where he was very candid with me, especially the older I got of, you know, don't, don't take those footsteps. He, he was self-aware enough to know there were things that he did that weren't perfect, but him knowing that about himself helped me. You know, I stayed away from, kind of womanizing. I, I'm married to my loving wife. I love her. I'm happy. Um, and I did that because my father had that struggle. My father struggled with that. And so I saw that as a young man and he knew that and he didn't want that for me. So instead of trying to get me team, team liking women, he told me what he didn't like about himself. And then what I, what he did like about himself, I glanced from, I took the good and I, I listened to the bad. He kept me at bay of thinking he actually was Superman so that I didn't do everything that he did. Cause like you said, as fathers, sometimes we're doing our best, man. We're going to make mistakes. You, you can't be perfect. You can't do everything you think you're going to do. I already, as an expecting father, have so many things I think are going to go exactly my way and I'm sure they're not going to. So <laughs> that's just how it is. <laughs> yeah. That 100%, 100%. And, and as long as you are okay, you're never going to be prepared for when it goes wrong. Right. But if you, if you have an idea of, you know, it's going to be okay, we're going to figure it out. Cause you always do, right? Like you've always, you've already survived your worst day ever, right? Like every, every time you had like the worst, the worst day possible, you woke up the next morning, yep. right? Like you've survived every worst day you've had in the past. So no matter what comes in front of you, you know, that there is a probability that you're going to survive it, right? Like it, it's, it's, it's possible. Right. And so when, when you're faced with those things, you're able to kind of overcome it. If you have the understanding of, you know, this is, this is, a, this too shall pass. Right. Yeah. Um, but talking about that, right. So you're an expecting, expecting father. So you're at the, the beginning of your own fatherhood journey coming off of the tail end of your, your father's great fatherhood journey. And so, uh, how, how far along are you guys? Uh, we're about nine or 10 weeks. I should know that, but I think we're about nine. Um, and I know some people, they, that's pretty early, but, you know, I, I kind of go off of the faith of the Lord as a plan for everything. So I don't, I don't fear explaining anything to anybody. I'm happy that we're nine weeks pregnant and I don't, I don't feel any need to hush it. What comes to us yeah. will come to us and we'll take it happily. And we're excited. Um, 
it's 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 a humbling thing, man. It's I've noticed things already that I'm sure you know as as a father already. Like, I as a young man, man, I'll, I'll bust through a door. There might be guys behind that. Jumped out of airplanes, did the, the whole shebang, did, did all of it, especially as a contractor is when I really got into it. And I always had some fears, but it was just something I could muster, I could do, and I, I always pushed through it. But, man, I mean, just little things, like, are crippling me, like, light spotting. And I'm, is that okay? Is that is that what we need to be doing? Is should we, Do we need to call the doctor or, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's already completely smashing my endurance and my strength to always think that things will be fine. I'm, I'm already in protection mode. I, I struggle with her being near corners and I, I'm just already, it's already showing me how not tough I actually am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely has a way when you have, when you have responsibility for another life and you probably felt this way in getting married too, there, there's a little bit of like, all right, I can't jump out. Of, I can't jump out of this plane like I used to, you know, or, you know, there's these things that come up. And I, I was actually listening to something the other day where they talked about uh, married men. Statistically, married men have lower testosterone. Right. And then when they become fathers, it drops again. And the reason behind that is because when you're full of when you're young and full of testosterone, like you said, you you'll go through a door. Nobody it doesn't matter who's on the other side. Right. Yeah. You'll you'll fight a gang all by yourself like you. You know what I mean? You're ready to knuckle up. You're ready to go hunt. You're ready to go do all those things because you don't have anybody yet depending on you. So then yeah. when you get married, your body naturally stops producing some of that. Let's charge through the door uh, <laughs> because you have someone to protect. Yeah. You have someone to look over. You have someone to that's depending on you. And then again, as a father, um, you will charge through those doors, but only because, you know, you got to kill somebody on the other side for your kid. You know what I mean? Like it, it changes it changes like the, your, your reasoning and your why. Right. And as, as your why becomes more personal, uh, you do get a little, little more like freaked out, like, Hey, are, is everything okay? Like, you know, yeah. um, and, and you, you take less risk because your family is your ultimate reward. Yeah. Right. And so I mean, those other things coin flip you have, yeah, you have your, the willingness you'll do to move out to your family mixed with the willingness you'll do to protect your family. And so as a young man, you know, especially a younger man, you know, someone bumps into you, a million things might go on your head. Well, why'd you do it? Blah, 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 blah. But the more you have to lose, man, the less scary you become. I'm covered in tattoos on my whole body. Sometimes people see me at the gym. I see them kind of shift away. And, you know, I've heard through the grapevine. Sometimes I can seem a little scary. But the fact of the matter is, like, I got a house. I got a mortgage. I got a wife. I got a kid coming. I'm not going to hit you. There's nothing. that's Because I, I have too much to lose. I have so much right. that can be lost that I'm no longer dangerous. But then that coin flip is once it gets to a point of there's somebody at the front door, your wife is maybe at, at risk of getting hurt. That, that entire, that entire thing flips of between, I don't want to do anything because I don't want to lose everything. So I will do anything to make sure I don't lose anything. And so it's a very unique balance when you have responsibility because it's, it's a mix of when you will and won't risk everything. And it's always going to yeah. be for them. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, like Jordan Peterson, where he talks about every every man should be a should be a beast and then you should learn to control it. Right. Like there yeah. is like you said, there's a you know, I'm not going to do anything because I don't want to lose everything, but I will do anything so that I don't <laughs> I will do everything so that I don't lose anything. Yeah. Uh, there, there's got to be that mixture. And I think with every every guy that exists uh, within us and it's just a matter of like cementing ourselves to it when and I, and I say that in regards to like guys who who dip out 
disappear, who who don't show up for their kids. Um, I think there's still a feeling there and there's something like in them that's like some kind of internal battle, but they're <laughs> the wrong side is winning uh, too often. Yep. Yep. Um, and, and it's like kind of like those guilty pleasures or just the, the freedom, because there is a little bit of like responsibility is pressure, right? Responsibility oh, yeah. can cause anxiety. Responsibility can cause worry. Um, when you're responsible for another person, multiple people, um, and their survival, it, it is, it is pressure, right? It is, it is stressful. Um, but it's also fulfilling and it's also rewarding. And I think a lot of times the focus gets put on the pressure and, and not, you know, what comes with that pressure, right? Because it's only pressure because it's so precious. Yep. Yeah. You don't want to so, lose a lot of that, 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 that life that they give you, that they bring you is, is so motivating. Um, and it can be, the exact opposite of motivating, depending on your circumstances in life, right? That's why your willpower and your, your kind of resolve is so important. Um, and, you know, when you look back into a lot of dads who aren't currently there, um, you can take a look in their history. A lot of them didn't have dads, didn't have a present dad. And it's kind of one of those things where you do what you know. Um, yep. And unfortunately, if that's what they knew, that's what they did. Um, and it's, it's really about breaking the cycle, man. It's about finding that wherewithal within you to say, hey, look, I know that X, Y, Z happened to me, but this kid right here needs me. So if that means I got to take baby steps and that means I'm with him every weekend till I can figure it out, then fine. But you can't have that, that fighting voice in your head that says, well, if I can't be the best dad, I should be no dad at all. You, you got you to cut that and you've got to do what you can to be back with your kids. Even if it's t 10 minutes a day, that can build up to every day, but it's got to start somewhere and it's got to start with you deciding you want to be there for that child. That's yeah. Just, and like I think said. that, I think that even extends to guys that are, that are in the home, not even, not even just the guys that are like separated from their kids, but even guys that are in the home that are, you know, working to provide and, and doing all the, all the right things, right. Doing all those things. I think there's still gotta be some connection to it because your father might've been the one that was there and he worked and he paid the bills and you, you know, and my, my stepdad was that way, right? Like he, I barely ever saw him because he was always working or he was sleeping. Right. Yeah. And I, I took that on for a period of my life where I was always working, you know, 12, 14, six, whatever. I, I'm, I'm going to get it done. Right. Whatever it is. And uh, it seemed like the right thing to do until I realized that I wasn't, I wasn't really home. Like I wanted to be right. Like I was, I was there and I was intentional about the time that I spent, but I didn't realize how much time I didn't spend. Yep. And how important that was. And then they, like I said, they start having side conversations. My wife and daughters would be talking about stuff like it was an inside joke. And I'm like, bro, I live inside. I'm inside. I'm in this circle. How do y'all, how do y'all have jokes that I don't know about? Like you guys are talking about stuff that happened, you know, over the last week. And I don't have any idea. Like I just yep. show up on the weekends after work and I'm like, all right, let's go do fun stuff. And, uh, you know, I realized that, that they were missing me and I was yeah. missing them. And so yeah. it does, it does, even if you're present, it starts with like that un, undistracted phone down TV off, like one-on-one -on -one or, you know, small group. If you got like a little village of kids, yep. <laughs> yep. that time where you're just present with them. Um, and it doesn't have to be a lot initially. You obviously want to build to it, but if you're like a busy dude and you're working like multiple hours and you work overtime, you take 15 minutes of undivided time 
it's huge. It pays huge dividends. And then you can just build on that as you find more time. But I think it's really important. The more pride you, more pride you develop in yourself as a man, right? It's, I don't speak for women. I'm not a woman, but I do know that women, they want love. They want care. They want things like that. Right. Well, as a man, if you have respect and you have pride, you'll pretty much do anything. And so that comes to that pressure that you're talking about is that when you're doing well, and you're dividing your work-life balance good and you're making the finances you want to, you want to be there. You got all the energy to be with your kids. You can stay up after a long day of work because it's on track. It's when it gets off track is when you start out, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting the respect around the house maybe that I like, or uh, I'm, not, I'm not feeling so much pride in my work and I don't really like it and I'm feeling underpaid. All that starts to stack on a man because a man, a lot of his identity, unfortunately, sometimes comes from his work. And that's one, not healthy. Your identity should come from who you are, especially as a father. But it's difficult, like you said, that pressure that you feel, you know, you're 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 one day away from like I laid off. Now all of a sudden that joyful life that you had, it's got some adversity in it. And you gotta now decide how you're gonna handle that. Are you gonna crumble or are you gonna go do something that you think is the best case scenario? And that means maybe figuring something out and that balance of making sure they feel loved, cared for, and there when you don't feel pride in who you are, or what you're doing, that's where it becomes very difficult, especially for men. Yeah. Yeah. Grant, Grant Cardone talks about that a lot. And the, the whole 10 X idea is kind of not all of it, but a, a portion of it is, is like you just said, if you're just okay, if you're just doing average, you're one step away from, from being, you know, from being terrible. Um, and so the idea is to try to 10 X your life in all ways so that even if things aren't going your way, then you can fall back, but still be ahead of average, right? Exactly. Like if you're, if you're, if you're 10 times, you know, 10 times the man you were yesterday, if you fail today, you're still nine times more than you were. You know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. there's this idea of if you're just living on the edge, there's more pressure, right? Because any one thing, an argument with your wife, uh, something happens at work, uh, you, you don't hit your alarm at the right time. You, you end up late and you get written, like anything could, could, could derail your happiness. And so it is important to, to, like you said, take more pride in what you do and 10 exit and push yourself to try to get to the best level as a man you can be, uh, yeah. because all those other titles on top of that continue to rise with it, right? Like yep. I'm a great guy. And I just, I'm doing everything I can to build myself up to be a great man. Well, then I'm setting an awesome stage to be a great husband, right? And then if I'm working on honoring my wife and treating her with care and I'm being responsible for her well-being and I'm taking care of the house, then I'm setting myself up to be a great, great father because I've already, one, I've already done all the traits of a good man. Two, I've, I've shown that I can provide and care for and protect another person. So then when I bring a child into the world, I've got those skills kind of all stacked up. And and now I can I can really show up in my child's life because I've built myself to be who I want to be. Yep. Everything's connected in that way. There's, I think everything bleeds into everything, right? If your physical fitness is off, you're going to feel off. If your work is off, you're going to feel off. If your marriage is off, you're going to feel off in every other aspect. And I think a lot of people think that there's three options in life, which is you're moving backwards, you're moving forward, or you're stagnant. Um, and I honestly think the real answer to that is, is that there's two. I don't believe that. I think you're either moving backwards or you're moving forwards. That's that's really all it is to me. And I'm not one of those extreme guys who's like, wake up at 3 a.m. and do push-ups till your arms fall off and then start four companies. You know what I mean? I'm realistic. Like, I don't, I get it. I get that mindset. I get what those guys are trying to show. But 
All I'm trying to say is it's backwards or forwards. So if that means, man, you need to start doing a little bit more push-up sit-ups around the house because you're gaining some weight, you got to do them. If that means maybe maybe you need to be more graceful as a husband and instead of, you know, she'll get it, turn things into like, let me, let me go and grab that today so that it benefits her. But if you're not moving forward, if you're not working on yourself as a man, if you're not working as yourself as a friend, if you're not working on your faith, if you're not working on your sense of humor, just everything. If you're not working on yourself, you're going backwards. And if you do that small thing, making your bed, if you do that, hey, let me pick up my son and, or get eye level with him when I'm upset instead of the quick snap reaction of yanking him or, or yelling at him because he messed up. If you do those little things, that's where that greatness comes. Of course, we all know that. And so when you do that, that pressure is a lot easier to handle because you're working so much that it's, it's so far away from that failure as opposed to that average that you were talking about where you're one mistake away from falling into something difficult. But if you're ahead of the game, man, little things like that, they just, they just don't throw you off as much because you're working so much on every aspect that one small failure is something that you know how to handle and you go right past it. But if you're not prepped, like you said, if you're just cruising right there on average, you'll feel it. You'll feel that pressure. You'll feel that, that pull to come down to the opposite side. And it's, it's one way or the other. Stagnant is back. It's, Back, stagnant, back, or forward. There's no middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think what you're what you're alluding to and what I'm getting from what you just said was uh was emotional intelligence. Because in order to do all those things, to work on all those different things, you have to be self-aware, which which is a part of emotional intelligence. And to understand that you need to do them for other people is social awareness. And I think a lot of times as guys, we don't get any education on emotional intelligence at all or emotions in general, right? Like we just got a yeah. couple um, that people just put on us. We're, we're, we're happy. We're angry. If we're sad, we're angry. Uh, <laughs> we're disappointed. We're angry. Like we don't, there's like, there's like a hundred and some odd uh, emotions that we could have and like kind of vary on different levels. And we really only focus on three of them. Um, and, and really honestly too, is is happy or or angry yeah. um and anything that doesn't make us happy anything that's outside of our, our wheelhouse makes us angry um and then we only limit our happiness to a few things money uh women and like other people in society thinking that we're okay right like we kind yeah. of show off for other people um and i think that limits our abilities as men and as fathers because we can only we put ourselves in a box Right. We yeah. talk about not being put in a box and I can be whoever I want to be and all that. Right. As we're kids. And then as we get older, we throw off all that stuff and kind of slowly put ourselves into a small box of this is who I am and this is who I can be. Uh, but the reality is, is that even as older men, as 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 men who are becoming husbands, men who are becoming fathers, you still have the ability to be anything you want to be if you can allow yourself and push yourself to be that. Yeah, I think, like you just said, emotional intelligence, that's something I work on with the fathers that I work with. I think before you can do anything, you have to have a semblance of who you are. I really do believe that. I think that if you want to be successful in any matter, because not all success is defined equal. Like some guys, a two-bedroom house with their family surrounding them is success. Other guys, $2 million in the bank account and a high-level career, that's success. Whatever success is to you, that's fine. It doesn't have to be the same amongst each man. But if you want to have it, you got to know who you are. And like you said, you know, I, I learned from a, a younger age, thankfully, that 
happiness is real. Sadness is real. Fear is real. All that stuff is real. Anger seems to be that only one that comes from other things. When, when you're yes. happy, you're happy. When you're sad, something bad happened and you're feeling sad. When you're afraid of something, when you're embarrassed, all that comes. But anger is kind of just, it's always a secondary of something else that embarrassed you or made you sad or made mm-hmm. just whatever. That's how men do it. And kind of like you said, that embarrassment, that the number one thing I think that can help you with your emotional intelligence and you, you keyed on it, which was you have got to stop keeping up with the Joneses. I mean, it is, it's the simplest thing on planet earth. Everyone says it. I'm not, I'm not a guru. Everyone has heard. You shouldn't care what people think of you, but sometimes it's difficult to apply. I'm telling you, that's gotta be the closest thing to a superpower a human being can have is relinquishing what other people think of you. If you can get rid of that and you can keep that close circle to where you care about their opinion of you, and maybe sometimes they keep you in check. I'm not saying be, be an island, there should be some people that you care about what they think, your wife, your children, things like that. But the general population, people at the gym you don't know, people in a target, if you can relinquish caring about what people think of your life and who you are, you can, you can achieve whatever you want to achieve because the only thing you're focused on is what you're focused on. But when you're worried about what are they going to think or what are they going to do, man, you're a step behind the guy who's already let that go. You're just always going to be a step behind. Yeah. Yeah. You got to control the controllables, right? Like the the stuff that is within your realm of control, that's the things you have to focus on. The people that are within your initial immediate circle, those are the people you have to worry about. Like, what do they think about you? What do they feel about you? Everybody else outside of that is like, who cares what they think? Um, As long as you're not like breaking laws or doing something completely immoral, you know what I mean? Like if if you're within the realm of, of normalcy, um, you know, you continue to do what makes you and your circle thrive, right? Not survive, thrive. What makes you and your circle thrive and how you can make them better people, make yourself a better person. Um, and, and in turn, that little small corner of the world that you occupy becomes better. Exactly. You, you have to stay, you have to stay in charge of what you can and what you can't, you have to be okay with that happening. I, I think that every guy is going to have adversity. I'll throw a rock into a crowd and I'll hit somebody, man, woman, child, who has adversity. Um, but it's just about what you're going to do with that. Um, and, you know, I'm sure you've heard the man in the arena, but it's like, okay, so you failed. Other people didn't try it. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of stuff that happens. I'm by no means an author. I'm by no means a writer. There's going to be some people who don't like the book. But I wanted to do it because that's what I wanted. I, I wanted to do something for my dad. And you've got to kind of jump into that pit of, am I going to do this for me or am I doing this for the community? Is it, is it the community? I want them to see me doing things. Do I want to seem like I'm doing cool things or is this what I would have done if there was nobody else on planet Earth? If, if everyone on planet Earth disappeared tomorrow, what are the things I'm still going to do? Am I still going to work out? Am I still going to work on myself? Am I, or you might find out with that question, you might find out, well, if everyone on planet Earth disappeared, maybe, maybe I wouldn't go around and try to talk to every girl or maybe, maybe, maybe some of those things that I'm doing, I'm only doing because of my environment and I need, I need to change that. And you can do that with your mentality. Your emotional and your mental health are key to you having anything that you want in life. If you want a job, you can't be popping off at your boss. If you want to be a husband, you can't lose your mind when your wife asks you to do something you don't want to do. Sometimes I want to watch TV until 4am. Sometimes she wants to go to sleep at 10 o'clock. 
I got to go to sleep at 10 o'clock. It's my life. You got to put things down if, if you want to be successful. You can't just always right. have what you want. You know what I mean? That's also what kind of life is that? Imagine having everything you want all the time. That'd just be marvelous. You'd never know how to do anything. You couldn't achieve anything without right. adversity. So if you can flip that coin and remember that adversity makes you who you are, then you're welcome. It. It's, you know, it'll be fine. I always say to me and all the guys is you will be totally fine. And if you're not, you'll be fine after that. Right. Yeah. 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 That is uh that's, that's brilliant. Right. You'll be totally fine. And if you're not, you'll be fine after that. Right. I like that. Um, it, here's, here's something that I, I think is, is also pretty cool in terms of like what we have to do as, as men and as fathers. And it's, it's more of a mindset thing than really anything else is a lot of time we talk about, like, we have to sacrifice. Like even just now you were like, you know, sometimes I want to stay up to 4 a.m. My wife wants to go to bed at 10. Some guys will call that a sacrifice, right? I have to sacrifice what I want to do for what she wants to do. And here's the shift is that it's not a sacrifice. It's an investment, right? Yes. Like if you're investing, you're going to take your money that you could spend on random stuff, like, you know, whatever the things that you like, but you're going to take that money. You're going to put it aside because you know, that money's going to grow with time to pay you dividends. You could definitely stay up to 4 a.m play Xbox, watch all the movies you want to watch, but you're going to be actually the actual sacrifice in that situation is your relationship with your wife, right? Yes. Well, you, or you could <laughs> exactly. invest your time wisely, right? From 10 PM when you go to sleep with your wife to 4 AM where you would have been playing video games, you could be um, having a stronger connection. You could be cuddling. You could do I mean, all the things that, that you would normally do. She wakes up in the morning. Oh, you, you, you chose me. I'm going to make you breakfast. Like then the next day is like fantastic, right? Because yeah. you made, you made an investment in your future. I think we yeah, look but... too often at like, what am I losing? Uh, you know, I'm the man, I should be getting everything that I want. Uh, the king of the household, like what I say goes. And that is all true. But even, even a king has to move with some like, some idea of the future, right? It can't just yeah. be right now. Dude, you do well, have to a make king investments. Is not a, exactly. A king's not a, you know, a king, there's a reason there's a word for God and there's a reason for a king, you know? God is the only true king. And for me, that means I'm not God. I absolutely shouldn't be getting everything I want because I wasn't built, I wasn't built to get everything I want. And the reality of it is, like you said, is my favorite thing about being here in America, it's a blessing. We've got some chaos going on. Things go up and down here. I get it but it's America. I'm proud to be here. And I know that in America, there's no forced marriages. No one, no one made me marry my wife. No one put a gun in my head and said, you need to be committed. Now, if, if you want to be married, be married and understand that that comes with certain things. Like I know when I got married, I'm relinquishing my right to go wherever I want without communication. I, I know that that means sometimes I'm going to golf less. Sometimes I'm going to go out shooting less. Sometimes I'm going to do a lot of things less, but that also gets replaced by love someone to be there with me as i get older someone that i care about someone who knows about me intimately someone i know intimately there's no replacing a good investment like you said it, those quick pleasures are great you'll enjoy them but i mean how many times you feel bad after doing something stupid doesn't take too long come right. a couple hours a couple days but eventually you're like that was that was pretty stupid what i just did but it's because you knew about it before you did it and you didn't want to take the investment your wife, your children, your home are your most important investments. And if you're not ready to do that, we live in America. Just don't do it. Go, go yeah. be single, enjoy your life, have fun. But don't, 
don't be one foot in, one foot out, man. You got it's a hundred percent or no percent. You're either married and you're happy to do it, or if you have reservations, hang back, figure it out, see a therapist, talk to a friend, pray, do something, get right before you just jump into something that is is half cheeked. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's sage advice, man. I think that that I think that might be one of the biggest issues that we face is that we have such freedom that we think that we can choose to be, like you said, half in, half out. Right. And I don't think that being a husband and being a father, there are no half in, half outs. Right. Even if you even if you have as a father, if you have split custody, that's not a half in, half out. You're you're 100 percent dad. You yes. just only get to see them for half the time. But even in that time where you're not seeing them, you're still 100% dad. There's not like, I get, you don't get to be two faces, right? You don't get to be like this, this whatever when the kid isn't around and all of a sudden you're going to flip a switch and be super. That's not how it works. You're super yeah. dad all the time. Like Superman is Superman regardless. Batman is Batman regardless. Batman, you don't see him until they light up the the, the bat signal. Then all of a sudden he shows up, right? But he was still Batman before that signal came up, right? He was still that guy, yeah. right? And I think a lot of times we think we can be two different people. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. When I'm around my wife, I'm going to be a great husband and I'm going to do all the things. And then as soon as she leaves and I'm out with the boys, I'm I'm hitting on chicks and I'm I'm doing whatever yeah. I want to do. Like that's that's not it. That you can't you can't do both, right? You can't you, like I said, you can't, can't serve two masters. You you gotta you gotta be all in on your fatherhood. You got to be all in on your husbandry. And honestly, whatever it is you choose to do, you should probably give the best of you to it if you want to see it be successful. Anything yeah, you half-assed, like you said, half-cheeked, anything you half-cheeked yeah. is going gonna, is gonna to be problematic, bro. Yeah. You, you, you said it like, like everyone else knows. Again, it's, all we all do is I'm no, I'm not any smarter than anyone else. We've all heard all the things we know we're supposed to do. It's, it's just a matter of application. And at the end of the day, I don't want to do anything halfway. What, what's the point of it? What's the point of having a half marriage when I can be single? What's the point of being a part-time father if I didn't have to be one? You know, there, there's no point in doing anything. That's why I wrote the book. I wrote the book, contacted my awesome illustrator, Leif Taylor. He's a great guy. And I did it because I wanted to make the book. But if I didn't want to make the book, I, I, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to do all those things. There's, there's so much effort into a commitment, which is why before committing, maybe, maybe take a beat, think about it. Think about if I really want to be married to this woman forever. Think about if till death was part, what that means to you. Does that mean death was part or first big fight? Or does that mean till death was part? And if you're worried about that answer, hang tight. It's, it's okay to hang tight. Like you said, we, we put all this pressure, especially as men, to feel like we have to be decisive. Being decisive is good, but being decisive doesn't mean wildly picking as quick as you can. It means making an educated decision, and it means knowing who you are. I know that I could marry my wife because I know the reality. I know the reality is that there are other women that are going to exist. I know that that means I'll never get to talk to them ever again. I know that that means I'm not going to do anything I want to do, but I did it because I was ready for that. And you best believe there are women out there that – I wasn't ready to do that. And I made my mistakes with them because, because of my half-assedness, because of my inability to commit properly as a young man, as a 20-year-old, as a 19-year-old, I made poor decisions. And it's because I didn't understand the key of commitment. And that is you either do it or you don't. I don't want half of you. I don't want 99% of you. I want all of you or I want none of you. Stay out if you're not in. Like you said, you can't 
Can't chase two rabbits. You're losing both. There you go, man. Yeah, that look, this has been this has been a great conversation. Like I I, I don't ever know what's gonna happen in these conversations, right? I kind of just go into them and we just start talking and and you know, whatever comes up, what comes up. But you've you've hit on some really, really good points, man. And I think that that guys are gonna hear this episode and 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 really be able to take away some things that they can use like right away, right? Like just just right away. Um but I got a question for you. As someone who is going to be a father uh, that is that is early on in the process, but but preparing himself both mentally and emotionally to to be uh, someone else's super super dad. Um, what does what does fatherhood mean to you? I'll tell you what, Rob. <clears throat> fatherhood to me means being engaged and being present. Yeah, I like I said before, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to make all the money in the world. You don't have to do anything but be there. Fatherhood to me means you are all in. You're all in for your children. You're all in for your family. You are being that full-time example. Batman's always Batman, right? I cannot hope for my kid to have a better future if I don't spend my days working on myself and being engaged, being involved in his life. And to be involved in his life, I must first be involved in my own life. I must know who I am. I must know how to curb what I'm bad at and how to enlighten what I'm good at. And that's what being a father means to me. You need to be present and engaged. And to do so, you need to evaluate yourself with a real evaluation. Not that like, um, I'm doing all right. Be honest. I'm overweight. Hey, I'm, I'm struggling with lust. Hey, I'm, I'm hanging around the wrong people. Like, no more of that lying to yourself. Be all in for your kids by being all in for yourself. I like that, man. I like that. Like uh, you, we talked about Batman and when you're saying that, I'm thinking about because in the Batman movies, they don't really show you what Batman is doing in between fighting crime. Um, <laughs> but like Iron Man, you do get to see a little bit of it. Right. And I keep using superheroes because, you know, superheroes are cool. Um, but like Iron Man in between in between him showing up and, and shooting the little lasers from his arms and all that stuff. Right. You get to see him working on other things like he's working on perfecting his suit or he's working on perfecting little parts of himself. Uh, he's working on whatever the next thing is. And I think as, as fathers, you know, we are going to be called to show up and, and father like, like we need to be, but in the meantime, right. And in those downtimes, we don't have to put on our, our, our fatherhood Cape. Uh, we definitely need to be working on tweaking our hearts, tweaking our past traumas, working on our fitness. If that's our thing, working on getting rid of our vices, if we have them, um, working on, again, setting a better foundation for that fatherhood to shine, uh, in, in, the, in, the, in what I would say is the downtime or the off season, right. Is we, we gotta be preparing ourselves for the season, right. And, and fatherhood is, is the 18 game season, uh, with a tournament in between and, and, and like, yeah. there's like all these different parts to it. There's a super bowl and a world series and, it, and there's all these different things that, that come up. Um, but if you're preparing yourself and you're training yourself, then when those big moments come, uh, you'll be ready for them. Yep. What are you doing when no one's watching? We all know that phrase. Yeah. What are you doing when you're alone? Are you are you working on yourself or are you scrolling through Instagram all day? Are you working on yourself or are you hoping that you were doing something that you weren't? What What are you doing when no one's watching? Are you getting better for your kids? Are you getting better for yourself? Or are you doing nothing? Right. 
And I don't think that when you're when you're working on yourself and you're getting better and people you, you may have heard this before. There's no uh, no one says I regret that workout. Right. Like when you're when you're doing things to better yourself, to improve yourself, it is an investment of your time. But I don't think you ever look back at that time and go, dang, I should have been doing this or I could yeah. have been doing that. Whereas like scrolling Instagram, you get caught up and you go down a rabbit hole and you wait and, you know, you come back to life 30 minutes later. Like, damn, I just wasted 30 minutes. Yeah. You see some guy playing guitar and you're like, man, I wish I could play guitar. And you watch two hours of an Instagram video of someone <laughs> playing guitar. You could have learned. Right. You could have you you picked it you up. You could have picked it up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that that is definitely important to note. I got a, a, another question for you. Two part question. Um, I know you're not like an author by trade, but you are an author now. And so you, uh, you're going to write your second book. Um, you know, the first one was, was about your dad. The second one is going to be two dads. What do you, what do you want them to learn from your book? Well, two dads, if I were to do something that was supposed to be for dads, it would be to remember that. They, they're looking up to one, you know, especially the young ones, the young ones who they can't speak as well or as fluent as us right now having a podcast. Um, they see what you're doing, um, especially when you think they're not. They they see your reaction to your friends. They see your reaction to your wife. They see your reaction to people in public you don't know. They see you snapping at the waiter. They see you getting frustrated in the car when somebody cuts you off. They see all of that and it develops in them. So what what do you want your child to see you know, what kind of role model do you want to be? That book would be for remembering that your child, to a certain degree, will be an outcome of you. How's that going to feel when they're 20? I know they're five now. I know it's hard to think the long game. How's it going to feel when they're 21 and you hear them call a girl a B word because you, over, you overheard them saying that to somebody or saying it to a girl in your life? How are you going to feel when you see them beating up on a kid who was defenseless because you go around angry and punching on people. You're going to feel bad about that. You can act like you're not going to feel bad about it, but you will. What's your kid going to see? Who are you going to be? And it's, it's, it's really that simple. That's why it comes back to that discipline that me and you talked about. It's hard, man. It's hard to keep your cool when you're frustrated, especially as a guy who got all this power, got all this anger in you. But that's not what it's about. It's about grace. It's about forgiveness. It's about doing everything you can before you have to do what you have to. Yeah, yeah. I think we um, we don't realize that every everyone is born a visual learner, right? Like because as as babies we don't understand the language. We may start to understand or get familiar with the voices first, um, and then eventually words start to make sense. But the first the first way we learn is through what we see, right? Kids or babies see you do certain things, and so they start to mimic it. Right. Like when you start waving, eventually your kid starts because they learned that that's not something you said. Um, and so visual learning being the first way that we learn is one that stays with us forever. Some of us, you know, start to become learners in other different ways. Like we may be more of an auditory learner as we get a little older. We might be more of a physical learner. Like I got to do it in order to learn it. Um, but all of us have some significant visual learning experience. And so what your kids see from the time they're born until, you know, like you said, 20, um, they are in some degree visually learning who to be from you. They're learning what an adult is from you, from what they see in you and what, what they, they can see you doing. 
Um, so that's a super important one, man. That's going to be a good book. I'm not pushing you to write it, but I'm just saying that's going to be a good book. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But maybe it's maybe some fun that gives me some, some more creative sparks. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, speaking of that, right, you're, you're uh, you know, you're going to write your third book now. Um, and I noticed early in the game, but you're writing your third book. I mean, you're killing it as an author at this point. Um, but this one is a very private book. I don't think you're going to publish it. Um, you're going to write it, get the, get the cover for it, all that stuff. But I think you're going to keep it for, for just your child. What do you, what do you want them to, uh, to learn from the book? I want them to learn that they can be resilient. If I could pick one thing for my child to learn, it is to know that things will get difficult and when they get difficult, that you can do them. We live in trying times. Again, I'm not the big alpha guy who likes to you know, go crazy and give these big motivational speeches, but there's too much going on in the world around us for you to not be able to handle resolve. There's gonna be people you disagree with. There's gonna be things you don't wanna hear. You're gonna lose a lot of things. You're gonna lose me. You're gonna lose your mother, but you need to be able to handle that. I'm not saying be emotionless. I'm not saying don't deal with it. I'm saying you need to be able to have bad things happen to you and overcome them because that is what is awaiting. It awaits us all. And, you know, I can't, I can't talk about what I want for my children without talking about my faith. And I want them to know that disagreeing, taking a stand can be done with grace. You do not have to hate somebody who disagrees with you. You do not have to hate somebody because they share different values than you. It is your job to be kind to your neighbor, but not buckle to what your neighbor wants just because it's what they want. Find a healthy stand in life of who you are and what you will and won't move for and understand that bad things will happen and know how to deal with them. That's what I would want my children to know is not about being tough in the way of if someone hits you, you hit them. It's knowing when hitting somebody is important, knowing when to talk to somebody about a boundary that you have with them. You can't split that difference of being cowardice or being vengeful and hateful. It's a hard line right there in the middle. It's hard to know when to be aggressive and when to be loving, but you need to figure that out. Man, again, a great book, bro. Are you sure you don't want to just, you know, be an author? <laughs> yeah. Because, no, no. look, that, those, are, those are the same lessons I want my kids to learn, man. Like, you know, that's, that's, a, that's, those are great. And I think those are great lessons for any father to want their child to learn. And that's why I ask these questions, because I think we all we all have an idea of what we want our fatherhood to be. Uh, we have we all have an idea of what we want our children to know and to grow and to learn. And I think if we're able to share those things with other guys, even if they don't wholeheartedly agree, right, like we may not completely agree with with what one guy said about what fatherhood is, but you can take something from that and either solidify your stance or start to question your stance and find ways to get it stronger. Yeah. Um, and I think that is really important to continue to share that because a comprehensive fatherhood is what's important, right? Like the way that I'm going to father my children, there's still, that's still going to be the core, right? I'm still going to father my children the way that I feel is right. But if I can talk to you and get a little piece of the way you're going to and I can I can put that together with mine. Like now my fatherhood becomes just that much stronger. Right. Like you, you, you know, like iron sharpens iron. And like I can take a little piece of yours and, and meld it with mine, like a little alloy to make my metal a little stronger. 
uh, make my fatherhood a little stronger. Uh, and that's the purpose of the podcast, honestly, is to get conversations with guys talking about fatherhood uh, to share with other guys who don't typically like just be we don't get together and talk about fatherhood like it just doesn't happen yeah. like we don't we get together and we talk about basketball we get together we talk about the super bowl we talk about uh a bunch of frivolous stuff right we yeah. go out we have fun and we're supposed to we should but we also should have those touch points of like man i had a really tough time today guess what happened with this right oh yep. man you know and and not like we're sharing intimate details but like experiences Right. Like, yeah, I don't want to really know, like, exactly what happened with you and your wife. I just know that, you know, th there's some things that I happened in my relationship and maybe I can help you or or maybe uh, maybe you can help me. Right. Like, I'm, I don't want to always love to, have down, <laughs> love to have you down. We got a we started something called uh, the war room out here. We're launching in April. Um, but it's a sense. It's exactly that. So praises the griefs, the struggles of fatherhood. So it's it's we're meeting as men. The only rule is you don't have to be a father. Sorry if you don't have one. Um, I get in early because of my expectancy. Um, right. But we are uh, we are a group of men and fathers who are meeting for that exact purpose, just to remember that we need to do this. We need to talk about it. Fatherhood absence, fatherhood struggles are a very serious thing that are connected to everything. They're connected to a child's success rate in school, a child's ability to have healthy relationships you need your dad around and your dad needs to be healthy. Some of us can do that on our own and that's great. Some of us need encouragement and there's nothing wrong about either one of those people. And like you said, iron sharpens iron. You can take everything away from everything. Even if it's negative, you're taking away what not to do. If it's positive, mm -hmm. you're taking away how to build on yourself, but you've got to talk to, got to talk to people about it, man. You can't, you're not an Island. We weren't built to be an Island. It's just not, it's not how we are. You will never do your best work alone. You just won't. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Man, this has been a great, like, this has been a great episode. There's so many, like, so many jewels and gems and things that guys can can learn from uh, to gain perspective on. Um, if guys wanted to get in touch with you, if they want to reach out to you to talk to you a little bit more, maybe learn a little bit more about what you're doing, uh, what would be the best way for them to do that? Oh uh, man, they could just they can get they can get to me on Instagram and just send me a DM. Like I said, I'm just an average guy and I'm always team team father. We have an open gym here in Lexington, but you don't gotta live here in Kentucky if you wanna talk. Um if you wanna be part of this, you wanna volunteer, you wanna come and just be part of some of the fathers, um just go on my Instagram. I'm not sure what even my Instagram handle is. I'm not the best plugger. <laughs> uh I don't not really a big uh, big guy on that, but I think my, my Instagram name is let me look for you. I think it's just, it's Zach Farms, Z-A-C-H-F-A-R-M-S. It's a picture of me with my, my book that I just wrote. Shoot me a DM if you want to talk to dads or if, or if you're struggling, man, you know, I work with a lot of veterans too, you know, mental health awareness. Like you just want to, want to chat, chat. I, I got time for somebody who wants to talk something positive. Awesome. Awesome. Do me a favor. Hold the book up again, like in front so everybody can see it. Oh, yeah. Put it right in front. There you go. All right. And then uh, if we're trying to get the book, we're trying to find the book, where will we uh, where will we be able to get that at? Uh, yeah, that's just on Amazon. Um, we can put the link in the description of this bio. And then also, if you want to search it, um, just type in my name, Zachary Farmer, or you can type in Super Dad Book. And it goes two ways to get you there. It should be the number one thing that comes up with either of those searches. Awesome. Awesome, man. 
Look, I appreciate you taking the time uh, to to sit down and talk with us. Like I said, this has been a, a great conversation. I've really enjoyed talking to you and, and learning more about you. And like I said, man, I, I tons of tons of teachable moments, tons of things for guys to walk away with. And so that makes me happy. Uh, I feel like this episode is going to help someone in their fatherhood journey, man. So I really appreciate it. Of course, Rod. Thanks for having me. It's a fun time. I'm, I'm always pro. I'm pro dad. Love talking to dad. All right. Hang on a second, man. You just tuned into another episode of the Forfeit Fatherhood podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you once again for listening. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow me at you can call me coach on Instagram. Also follow the podcast at Forfeit Fatherhood, the number four and the letter U on you can call me coach. Uh, Go ahead and flip over to the next episode, man. I know you love this one, so you'll probably love the next one. Excited for you guys to hear it.